There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I love you, boy, boy, boy. coming down from the gallows and I don't have NFL and Steelers fans alike, welcome to the Black and Gold NFL Recap, where we look back on the week that was in the NFL, we'll talk about the week that will be, and we'll get you all caught up on the latest news from around the league. My name is Matt Searles, and I am joined, as always, by Fred and Sabo. What's going on, guys? Uh, hey, Matt. Uh, excited. Excited. We're into the – the uh, coming around the, uh, the, the last quarter turn. Here on the Kentucky Derby that is the NFL season, and uh, as always, I believe the Steelers are going to finish strong as they always do in December. So, can't wait. This is this is what we wait the season for. So, what do you think, Sabo? Um, I'm going to have a (laughs) trivia question today. Who is the last quarterback to win a game for the Cleveland Browns? Whoever calls in. Or if, any, if Matt if Matt gets the answer, or if anyone gets the answer, I'm going to give him a five dollar gift card for McDonald's. There's stealing <laughs> gift cards now and everything, so I'll give him that. And if anyone, I was supposed to go up to the Buffalo game. If anyone goes up to the Buffalo game this weekend, when you're going up, you're going up seventy nine to ninety. 79s for Hargrove, 90s for Matthews. I think that's going to be the key. But you stop and get gas in Dunkirk or Fredonia, places called Wink City Grill, eat there, and get on. If you're going to Buffalo, don't eat at Anchor Bar. Duff's is better. They got better wings, and um, they have something called beef on a wet. You can eat that. If you're going to Niagara Falls, at the Marriott on Falls View. That's where I'm going to be. Go to the casino on Falls Avenue. They pay off better than that. Uh, if you're going to eat there, 
It's Michelangelo's in Niagara Falls. It's up on Lundy Lane. I said I was going to do it at the beginning of the year, give you the places to go when you go up there. So I was going to go up Buffalo unless it gets real cold. Okay, I, like I like it. What other, what other podcast is going to give you that kind of information? All right, as we move forward, this was this was an interesting week for me. I saw listeners out there. I listened back to my last podcast, and I realized how many times I was saying the word um. So I would like to invite everyone there, along with Fred and Sabo, to join me in taking a shot every time I say the word um. And I apologize for every, like, liver damage that you will get. <laughs> In, in the near future, <laughs> because last week was bad. We're all I'm I'm new to this. We're we're going forward, and it's definitely something I'm going to work on moving forward. Also had a dream that the Steelers won the Super Bowl. So if there's ever a time that I'm becoming psychic, this would be a fantastic time for that to happen. It also probably not. Matt, probably not. Do you not think? Uh, do you think maybe you, you had a dream because because you said um so many times though? It's possible. Oh, that's we'll see. We'll see if I do it this time and if I have the same dream. If I am becoming psychic, then we should be worried because I was also being chased by people from Harry Potter. So it would be a really weird prediction to happen. <laughs> but all right, guys, as we move on, let's start off with looking back at the you last. Kept on week's saying, games. I, 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 Matt, what's the word you said? That? I'm not doing. It. I'm not. I'm no, not saying no. it. No, no. Hey, you get one. You get one free. What is it? I was saying um. Um. Okay. Um, like in, in between my my pauses. Um. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, did you Let's pick up your mum? <laughs> I knew I should have said anything. Yeah, I got my mouth in the airport. That has um in it. All right. All right. <laughs> Gonna be looking if anyone else wants to wants to be part of the show also you can replace Sabo as a new co host. I think I'm just gonna take a shot whether you say it or not. I'm gonna start Works doing for me. That. We'll see what happens with the Steelers Bills game and I'll let you know how many I end up having. But all right, starting out with last week's games. Game maybe of the week for me. It was a really good one. I think we start out with Chiefs versus Falcons. Eric Berry's homecoming, emotional for him. And, man, this really was, was his game. With a pick six that really, you know, gave them advantage in this one. Also recording the first ever pick two, which sealed the game for them, Matt Ryan. March down, they score a touchdown, goes for the two-point conversion, gets picked off by Eric Berry, who runs it all the way back, gives them the lead 29-28, which ends up giving them the victory. Chiefs win over the Falcons 29-28. Uh, moving on, we've got Lions versus the Saints. Lions won that one 28-13. Lions are now 8-4. And I didn't really realize it until I stopped and I broke this down. I looked at the playoff picture. But the Lions are 8-4, and, and they've been a mix for a bye in the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're in there in that mix. And I, you know, just not really paying that much attention to the Lions. I thought they were, you know, on the outside looking in. But right now they're sitting at the third seed at 8-4. and four. The Seahawks are 8-3-1. and one. So 
they're a half game behind the Seahawks for a bye in the playoffs. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't think the Lions were having that good of a season. Uh, I said, ah, oh, I didn't think the Lions were. They they kept winning their first seven, their first seven wins. They won and they had trailed in every single one of those games in the fourth quarter. This past weekend's game was the first time they did not trail in the game in the fourth quarter. So I like you. When you look at them statistically, and that doesn't always tell you everything, when you look at them statistically, they're not that good in, in any category. Their defense did not play that well. You know, the, only, the best thing you can say about them, Matt Stafford is having a great year. He's, he's developing into a great quarterback. He should be in the MVP conversation. But like you, their their defense was okay. They were not getting a lot of sacks. They're going to have their running game is nothing. They don't have any one wide receiver that stands out. And some people are saying that, well, maybe are they possibly better without Calvin Johnson? Because now, I don't know, does that make Matt Stafford uh, force him to survey the field more instead of just, you know, holding in on, on Calvin Johnson? So I still don't know what what to make of the Lions. They're they're kind of like, I guess maybe they're one, one of the Cinderella teams if you want to, if you want to call them that uh, this year, I don't know how they're doing it, it either. I mean, they, their point differential is like twenty four, not twenty four points over twelve games, with a net of plus two a game, which is uh, one of the lower ones for teams with a winning record uh, by outside the Giants. But uh, yeah, I, what, what do you think of them, Zabo? I think Stafford, just like you said, is playing good, and the only difference like you said, between this team and last year's team, is Calvin Johnson's not there. Maybe he was holding <laughs> them back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. I mean, maybe he, wasn't yeah. get, he was getting his 100 catches, and maybe they needed more than that. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, though. For some reason, it seems either Golden Tate or Marvin Jones has a big game when the other one's not on the field. This time it was Golden Tate because Marvin Jones wasn't out there. I don't know what it is, why they can't play well together, but it's one of them going off when the other one's stinking or on the bench or not doing well or injured, and then it, the other one comes back and it's they flip-flop. So, you know, if, if they can maybe piece those together, they could have something going forward. The, the biggest shocker of the year for me, especially when you look at the record, if we were starting before the season, I told you Ziggy Ansah had no sacks. We would be thinking the Lions were, you know, had two wins right now or something like that. It's it's something that that they're really playing this well. It speaks to I think Matt Stafford and and Cooter, uh, their offensive coordinator, about uh, you know how well I, they're playing if they're covering that up. I was gonna just say that uh, I think uh, and people I think they they promoted him. It was partway through the year last year where they promoted him to offensive coordinator when they were struggling, and that's, that kind of kick-started him. And I think they did that just so they could say his name because for some reason people love saying Jim Bob Cooter. I don't know what it makes them, it makes <laughs> them think of the, the Dukes of Hazard or something, but uh, maybe maybe the, he's the key. Maybe it's it's uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Anybody that has three names is going to be a special coach. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I I don't know what it is with them. They're one of the teams that I don't know how to figure them out. 
I know I, every week I figure, well, they're going to lose this week. And I pick them to lose and they keep winning. So maybe that's the key. Maybe I'm picking, yeah, I'm just picking the wrong team. So I'm, I'm giving them all their luck. But I don't know. I agree with you. Can't, I can't figure them out. Nothing about the defense. There's a lot of teams like that. I feel like this season where I mean, we're in week 13 going into week 14 now. I guess week 14 started. And I'm still trying to figure out a lot of these, including the Steelers. I'm still trying to figure out the Steelers. And it just shows you how much, you know, this is a week-to-week league and how much can change. But moving on to Broncos versus the Jaguars. Trevor Simeon, of course, missed this game with his foot injury. So that means Paxton Lynch got his second start. And you could really see, you know, early on and throughout the game that the game plan going into this was kind of to hide Paxton Lynch. Don't ask him to do what Trevor Simeon does. Just, you know, rely on the Broncos' defense. And they did great. They, they took the ball away. They scored. They set up scores. And I think a lot of that game plan was, you know, we're playing the Jaguars. We're playing Blake Bortles, who has regressed on on a level that I I haven't really seen since maybe Josh Freeman kind of thing. Broncos won this one 20-10. But Blake Bortles, uh, here, here's a stat for you. Last week or two weeks ago, I gave you the stat that Allen Robinson caught his first pass of 20 yards or more um, that week, and he had led the league in that stat the, uh, the year before. So right now, Blake Bortles has 41 career starts, 41 career games. He has more pick sixes than victories in his 41 career games. That, yeah, I that's that's astounding to me. And I, I'm not sure if he if you can pencil him in as a lock to be, you know, the Jaguars starting quarterback next year. Yeah, that and that's you know going into the season. I think there's a lot of things you could point to for the Jaguars being down, but. I think the number one that nobody would have thought was that Bortles was going to, as you say, regress the way he has. I mean, you figure he's kind of, you know, coming on and he, he keeps going on and we had our pieces and we're slowly going to get there. But So I thought you would could at least have counted on him and we'll see if our defense can, can catch up because that seemed to be the main problem. And I don't think anybody – so you're right. I don't know what they do with him now. Can somebody – is there a quarterback guru out there that, that can that can resurrect him? I I I don't know. He just looks like lost. Um, so yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, is, like you, is, I, go 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 ahead, Sam. If you want to go in, no, I yeah. Oh. Okay, um, you want me to go? Yeah, go whoever. Okay, here's what I'm thinking about Jacksonville. Next year they're going to be playing all their games in England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is going to be unbelievable because possibly you're going to have to draft a quarterback next year. I mean, there's a good possibility that they're going to have to look at a quarterback again. Yeah, um, it's it's well, if they move to England, then, then they'd be, you know, the England Jaguars. Or just, they say it's funny, the Jaguars. But, it, I mean, because you know what's going to happen with this team is Gus Bradley, he's not he's not back after the season. I, I feel like that is just, you know, that that's a sure thing right now. To me, at least, I would be very, very surprised if he's back. So they're going to bring in another coach 
who has no allegiance to Blake Bortles. You know, that's not his guy. He didn't draft this guy, which we see all the time, and he's going to want to get his own quarterback and move forward. But I, I don't know. I, I think we all can prepare for, in the summer, a lot of narratives. Blake Bortles practicing with quarterback guru X, working on, you know, problem Y, and then we're going to see a lot of the same moving on next year. I, I hope not. I like Blake Bortles coming out. I liked him last year. You know, I liked him as a rookie. I, I just I don't understand why, you know, his mechanics have regressed so much. I mean, he's got a hitch in his throw. He's throwing off his back foot. He, he just looks like a different quarterback back there to me. Maybe um, they get, anything else you guys have on this one before we move on? Maybe they can get Todd Marinovich's dad to take him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if Matt knows who Marinovich is, but I remember him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he couldn't do any work. I've got to Google after this one. <laughs> All right, guys. Moving onward. Uh, that doesn't count as numb, by the way. That's an uh. Texans versus Packers. Packers won this one 21 to 13. And man, have the Texans really just slid back and come back down to earth after being 6 and 3. They are now 6 and 6. And it's just kind of confirming what all was we're saying earlier on in the year this Texans team was worse than what their record was showing. They have no offense and talking about a quarterback that, you know, you can't guarantee a starting job for next year. I think it's time to pull the plug on Brock Osweiler now. Uh, you know, they had Brian Hoyer last year. They had – who was that uh, uh, former Browns quarterback? Old guy. I'm blanking on his name right now. Whedon? No. They had, Whedon, yeah. They had Whedon come in and start for a game or two for them last year and played better than Osweiler's doing now. So, I, they had, I don't know why – you know who they could get back because I know this guy is not going to be where he is now. A couple years ago, Ryan Fitzpatrick was there, and I guarantee you he's not going to be playing in the Big Apple next year. Um, so maybe I'm not sure he's playing anywhere it. next year. <laughs> well, uh, he'll he'll find a job whether it's as a backup or or whatever because even the NFL just is. There's a there's a talent there's a, a quarterback, but uh, I don't know what the guaranteed money was for Osweiler, and how much of a you know it counts against their salary cap, and if they if you know they, I I don't know what they let him go, but I I can tell you now I was talking to Christine the other week watching the watching the Texans and Tiger Woods I said Brock Osweiler is not the guy. He's not the guy this year. He's not going to be the guy next year. He's not going to be the guy ever. The the Houston Texans took $72 million and flushed it down some some giant Texas water hole. It's gone, and they got nothing for it. They got holy um, Osweiler. Mark Warren, he is never going to be it. He's, you see a guy develop some. He isn't it. They just He, he looks that offense looks dysfunctional. He doesn't look smooth. He looks like a giant giraffe out there. He's he's awful. <laughs> uh, I don't know your thoughts are stable, but Texans are gone. I mean, they had nothing. Yes, me. There's another team might need a quarterback. Maybe they need a new head coach too. How about they get the Penn State coach? How about if 
James Franklin goes down there and they get rid of Bill O'Brien. So one one Penn State coach to another, huh? Jesus. You know, oh, I thought they were going to be better than I. Well, I think J.J. Watt really hurt him. Yeah, absolutely. And I I like Bill O'Brien as a coach. You got to kind of feel bad for him. Losing, you know, one of the best, if not the best player in the NFL and J.J. Watt, having this happen with uh, with their quarterback. And, but at the same time, you got to kind of you got to kind of say, you know, you, you made your own bed. You got to lie in it. He chose to pay this quarterback. And to be fair, I don't know how much is on the GM pressuring them to do this or how much was on Bill O'Brien. But before they signed Osweiler, he said, you know. I watched every single one of his throws. He's got all the tools. There's, there's, you know, nothing this guy can do. He's our quarterback of the future. But he met Osweiler at, you know, the team press conference. You know, drawing him out there with his jersey and everything. That's the first time they met. And to me, if I'm going to invest this much in a guy, I would like to see him make a throw in person. You know, at yeah. least work out. You do it with guys you draft. You work them out first. So it's, it's, you know. It's just rough. This coming, you know, after the season before when on Hard Knocks he's saying that we've got Brian Hoyer, we've got Ryan Mount. No one's giving their quarterbacks respect, but, they, you know, they're good quarterbacks. And then I'm going to go with Brian Hoyer. You give him three quarters and you make a switch. And then you just play, you know, musical chairs for the rest of the year. So this guy, he, seems, he really, really wants to believe they've got a starting quarterback and he's willing to go and pay a stranger – Hundred, you know, hundred million dollars to do it. So I'm not sure how much safer his job is than Gus Bradley's at this point moving forward. The Packers, on the other hand, you know, they deserve a little bit of respect. Rodgers has had, you know, a couple good games moving forward. They are trying to make a playoff run in a weak division that was led by the Vikings at some point, which is hard to believe. But they're, they're right there, and they've got a chance to win out and sneak into the playoffs. Right, Freddie and Matt, can and I give the phone number? We haven't absolutely. done it for a while. Yeah. 347-850-8581. You know, we're think- maybe it's not O'Brien and everything. Maybe they need an offensive coordinator. Do you guys know the Pitts offensive coordinator, that Matt Kennedy and everything? I mean, Pitt put up 75 points. And they've... <laughs> They've scored 50 points in almost every game and everything. Maybe they need a new offensive coordinator. Why don't they go after him? Maybe yeah. I don't. That's, I don't know who their coordinator is, but wasn't O'Brien that was? But isn't that? I'm just saying, not that he O'Brien's the coordinator. But he was. Wasn't yeah. that his thing? He's like offense, that was him. right? That's his. That's his he was deal. The quarterback so you, guy. Yeah. So you would think that he'd be at least part of it. Here's 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 something that just shows me how inept. As if we didn't know how inept Osweiler is. DeAndre Hopkins, great wide receiver. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins was third in the league in catches, third in the league in yards, um, 1,500 yards, 111 catches. He had 11 touchdowns. This year, now the year's over, he's on pace to get about uh, 80 catches, only like 800 yards. He did this last year with Brian Hoyer and Brandon Whedon and T.J. T.Y. Yates or Yates throwing the ball. You tell him. And, and look at the receivers and, and the running back also from last year. All of that was worse. 
it was worse. So Osweiler, I mean, you you you're better with Brian Hoyer. I I, I don't know. I just it's just that's how bad he is. I don't know. I yeah, they're done. But I guess you said about the Packers. I I don't know. Uh, they're still fighting big big tests this week against Seattle. Uh, I I don't know. The Packers hung in there and they, they said they didn't have to beat. They played at home and they. To beat the Texans, so I don't know if that if that was a, a big statement for them or not. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if I believe in the Packers, and, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is telling people the R E L A X this year or, or not. But uh, <laughs> they've they've got a chance. I I think right now everyone would say the Lions are the favorite to win the division, but the Packers right now they're six and six. The six seed right now is. The Bucks, I believe, at seven and five, so they're one game out of the sixth seed right now. So they're by no means are they out right now. The, the Vikings, oh no, for sure. Skins are six five and one. There's this huge kind of traffic jam right there through at you know seven through really you could say ten with the Cardinals, but seven through nine for sure. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out down the road. Who who really wants it the most? Because those teams are going to have to win out, I believe, just by sheer number because of all the, the competition to get into that last spot. Yeah. All right, moving on, of course, maybe one of the most watched games for Steelers fans that we paid attention to. My, someone someone locked, locked this one up, the Dolphins to win. I don't remember who it was. They were very confident about it. It's a drastic shame that it didn't work out for them. I won't name names, of course. Uh, but Dolphins losing to the Ravens, 6-38. to 38. Flacco maybe having one of his best games of the year. Dennis Pitta coming back and becoming relevant. This was really just the Ravens game from start to finish. They were up something like 26 to nothing at some point. And really the Dolphins kind of only points coming off of a turnover by the Ravens. I believe it was a fumble by Dennis Pitta in the red zone and the Dolphins had, you know, a play or two before they scored and it's this was just a colossal beatdown. Something that stood out to me the most was just how unwilling the Ravens seemed to be to running the football. And I thought this was what got their last offensive coordinator fired. They just didn't want to run the football. And maybe it was because, you know, the pass is working so well in this game, why stop? But, you know, halfway through the third quarter, Ravens had six runs to 40-something passes when they're up 26 to nothing. Six to four, I mean, that's that's not a, a solid ratio. Maybe it speaks to Terrence West, but maybe it speaks to, the, like I said, this is working, why stop right now? But I would think if you're ever going to run the football, that would be the situation to do it. I'm not really sure. I've watched this game. I've watched the highlights. I've watched... Um, most of this game with Coach's film, trying to break it down, you know, just to appease my mind because I did not think the Ravens were going to win this game at all. Did you, did you guys watch this game? What do you think of it? Is this Ravens offense picking up pace? Are they for real now? Or was this just kind of a, a fluky game? Well, first, I, I want to think for a second who it was that said that this was going to be a lock. Let me think. Um, 
It's um, just one of those oh. mysteries that we can't, we'll never really know the answer to. I think, quite honestly, it's it's yeah. like the Bermuda Triangle Area 51. We just yeah, have to I'm accept that. I'm, I'm stuck on um um. Wait a second. So so I'll say mum is the word. Um, I uh, didn't happen don't to, talk watch, to my mom. watch. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the word. Uh, I. I uh, I didn't happen to see much other than the highlights, and I didn't have a chance to look look at it. But what I, you know, I did see like what you pointed out, Matt, that the the Ravens just seemed like to me it was it was no mistake. It's nothing on Terrence West or anything like that because I think he's a halfway decent back. And as you pointed out, they they wanted to try to establish more of one, and that's why they got rid of uh, Trustman and went with the morning wig. I think it was totally they saw something that this is how they could beat the Dolphins. Um, and take advantage of whatever uh, mismatches um, in the passing game, and that's that's just what they want. With they saw it, they saw a weakness, they thought they exploit it, they could exploit it, and they did. And so I think it was um, um, mostly um, that, yeah, mostly that, and partially that, partially one of those games that just happened. The Dolphins had won six, so you can't discount that, but the Every and most people were wondering if they're they're really for real. So I don't. I think it was a little bit both. I don't think that the Ravens' offense is that good. They are not going to. That was the first time they put up thirty. Even they put up thirty-eight easily. I still don't believe the the Ravens' offense is that good. Pitta or not, Pitta's like ancient. If you count him in tight end years, like Keith Miller years, he's he's by a hundred and twenty. He's had like you know how many <laughs> surgeries, but what they keep doing, I don't know why people aren't picking up. They're doing it with Mike Wallace. They did it with Pyramid. They just keep running all these shallow crosses with these fast guys, and they catch it and they turn and they get like sixty yards out of it. Uh, so, I, just one of those games, I think, more than anything. Uh, they're they are playing better. Their defense continues to to play fantastic. Maybe their offense has found a little bit of groove. But they're going up to New England. Now New England doesn't have a great defense, but they have a good defense. I I don't see I don't see them scoring twenty points against against the Patriots. But we're, that that's a coming up. But I just think it was one of those games. I I I don't think the Ravens found some kind of magic in their offense. What do you think, Sabo? I was going to say, but I don't think this is funny. Miami was beached during this game. I don't know how the Ravens are doing this. It's got to be smoke and mirrors. I know they got a good defense. But I sort of like the way their coach does things, special teams. But all of a sudden, Flacco, he's firing it all over the place. Mike Wallace hit the Fountain of Youth. Maybe that is down in Miami or Fort Lauderdale or St. Augs or something like that. But Wallace, they're – they're not going to win this week, so let's forget about them. And then they're going to come up here, and they're not going to win too. <laughs> but I've I've made mistakes before, and I'll make mistakes after this. If they if they win this week, I do. We'll get to this as we talk about the last, as we talk about you know the games after we get through these ones. But <clears throat> let me ask you guys: Who would it be more of a statement game right now? For you know the winners, the Ravens or the Patriots. Patriots without Gronk to win this one and say you know we're we're still for real. We're still the number one seed. 
best that we're still continuing to be. Or the Ravens to win this game and say, you know, we're we're right there. We're we're ready to win the Super Bowl. Forget everything you thought about our offense. We've got the number one defense statistically. We're ready to win this one. Who who is this game bigger for? Oh, it's it's bigger for the Ravens, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, the Patriots want to win for sure. They want to get try to get home field advantage, and they have a shot now with the with the Raiders uh, having lost. But uh, by far, bigger statement for the the Ravens. Not only like you said, is, hey, hey, we go to New England. People don't win New England. We're big, but also they need it more just as far as to get into the playoffs. Uh, because if if we win, I mean, bigger for bigger for the Ravens by far. What, what do you think, Sable? Yeah, I agree with you, Freddie. It's, it, it'd be bigger for the Ravens. I mean, it would be a a shocker if New England loses up there and everything. But the Ravens have, if I can remember, uh, they've had good games up there. I think they beat. They them. have. Yeah, they, they have. beat them. So, no, it's got to be the Ravens uh, over one hundred percent. If that that would be uh, the biggest for them. Only reason I ask is because of their their past history and the way they're playing right now. But we'll get to that later. Moving on now, another game that I know I and most Steelers fans had our eyes on: Raiders versus the Bills. Steelers playing the Bills this week, so I definitely wanted to see how they played against a good opponent in the Oakland Raiders. Raiders ended up winning this one, thirty-eight to twenty-four. It looked early on and really all the way through the second quarter to the start of the second half like the Bills had a chance to win this one. They started off strong, held the Raiders in check for the first half before the Raiders really just ended up turning on. The Raiders' defense ended up being the one to really make the plays, forcing three straight three and outs before Khalil Mack ended up doing what he does, getting the tire on Taylor, hitting his arm just as he throws it, making Taylor throw up a duck and it's picked off and really, you know, helped the Bills, helped the Raiders steal that victory. But LaShawn McCoy is playing out of his mind right now. He's he's playing like an offensive MVP kind of caliber guy for the NFL. He looks every bit of what he was in his heyday in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles, to me at least. And I think that's definitely worrisome for Steelers and other opponents of the Bills moving forward. This team has a good defense. They have a great running game. They have the number one ranked running game, and they are not really turning the ball over on offense much at all. Tyra Taylor is not making a ton of plays. I mean, he doesn't have a 300-yard game in his career, if my stats are right from what I looked up. But he's he's a right good. But he's he's making plays all over the place. He's he's a threat with his legs. He might be the first or second best running quarterback in the league, just behind Russell Wilson, in my opinion. The difference between them, I believe, is their arm talent. The thing to me that really surprises me is the ma- the Buffalo Bills management, Rex Ryan and GM, their lack of commitment or willingness to commit to Tyrod Taylor. They've been asked about it. They're saying, you know, we're going to give him a full year to prove himself they're being kind of mum on what the future is there. And it's <laughs> surprising because I know there are 10, 15 teams out there that would rather have Tyra Taylor over their starting quarterback. We just talked about a lot of teams or a couple of teams that have problems at quarterback. 
and we're going to get to a whole bunch more. He is a, you know, maybe top 15 to 20 caliber quarterback in my mind, and I, I don't think he's someone that you can really just get rid of and then replace. So it's surprising to me that they're willing to kind of not commit to him right now. And uh, I'm not really sure what, what the strategy is there, but I'm not sure if you guys saw this game and have any thoughts on this one before we move on. Uh, just that, uh, like you said, the McCoy, he looks back to where he was a few years ago when he led the league in rushing. The Raiders defense, if you look at though, I didn't know this, but I was looking up. Now, this is before the Thursday night game. We're going into that game. The Raiders were last in the league in average yards per against on the ground. They were giving up 4.9 yards per rush, and they're, they're in the middle – in most other defense categories towards the bottom. So the Raider defense is not good. So not taking away from McCoy or anything, because he's, he's playing fantastic, but the Raider defense has given up points and they've given up yards. So that didn't surprise me so much. But the fact that the Raiders, you know, fell behind by, by the lip, but that's the, type, that's the type of team they are this year. And they could turn on and like Derek Carr could be an MVP candidate. The Bills' defense leads the league in sacks, and they make plays, but a lot of times Rex loves to blitz, leave his corners out there man-to-man, and they've got and they've gotten beat at times too. So wasn't surprised from that standpoint. I would figure it would be a high-scoring game, and, and it was uh, for the most part. So kind of, kind of par for the course. I didn't expect the Bills to go out there and win. I was surprised they were up by so much, but then, then – then, then the Raiders scored like 29 points in a row and just uh, ran away with it. So, uh, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on on that game, Sable. I just thought um, Mac again, big play, forced that bad quail. Uh, Matt called it a duck. I called it a quail. The way it was floating in there and they intercepted. <laughs> um, everyone knows the Bills got a, the number one rushing uh, rushing team, but. Also, with that, they're the 32nd passing team. But, oh, I think it's going to be a tough game this week versus Steelers. And then we found out Oakland, Kansas City on the Thursday game. So, I thought the Raiders yeah. were going to go into that and maybe be the one of the top seeds. But everything changes from week to week. Absolutely. <laughs> uh- Absolutely. Next game, we want to talk about one that I know all of us watched, Giants versus the Steelers, a game that we all picked the Steelers to win in, whether it was out of hope or whether it was, you know, us just being that sure. How did this game kind of play out? How how you guys thought it was going to? I know after the show, I talked with you guys, and I told you guys that one of the Giants writers – from the side I'd read was saying that one of their weaknesses is playing tight ends down the, down the seam. So I was saying maybe this could game, be a big game for Ladarius Green, and that ended up happening. I did not think it was going to be this big. I definitely <laughs> want to get y'all's thoughts on the game, on Green. is Was this his coming out party? Are we going to expect this kind of production moving forward, or was this kind of a flash in the pan? I know, Fred, you did some breakdowns on the site from this past game. So definitely want to get your thoughts as well. So go ahead. Sir. Yeah, well, as far as the way the game 
played out, it was not too far off from what I thought. I wanted to pick a score. I, I picked, you know, Steelers to win something like 27 and to 19. It wasn't exactly that, but it wasn't too far off. I, I say I don't, I don't think the Giants are going to get to 20 points because we look at their offense. It's not that good. They, they, they can't run the ball, and you have OBJ, and that's what they're, they're towards the bottom in time of possession, and that's that's basically what they did during the game. Uh, if if it wasn't for so many penalties by the Steelers, I think we could have we could have really blew them out. We 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 could have you know been in the thirties, and 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 they stood they we gave we gave them that garbage time touchdown, which that that kind of ticked me off. That would I was hoping they didn't score because I wanted to go three straight games holding teams to single digits, but it it kind of worked out like I thought. I was surprised that we ran the ball as well as we did because the Giants were good at stopping the run. But if you look at it, most of it came in the in in the fourth quarter. I think we just kind of warmed down a bell to go over at the end. So as far as the Darius Green, I don't know that he's going to have these type of games every game. He's not, but I don't think he's a flash in the pan either. Um, ben even said, you know, he he's picking up. He's getting more comfortable with him. And you saw it. Both tight ends, as a matter of fact, Jesse on the first drive, third and short, third and two or three, and he dropped the wide open one. And Ladarius dropped one early. Ben went right back to both of them right away because he knew they needed the one, which I was as impressed as any. Uh, it might have been Ladarius' first catch. Ben scrambled. Ladarius was coming out to the right flat. Ben pointed. They improvised. So he already seems to be on the same page with Ben as far as that, and he was wide open to me to a 30-yard catch. So the fact that he's connected in that way, the thing, except the scene, uh, the one, the one, the touchdown that I was most uh, enamored at was was the last one where he, where uh, Ladarius was wide open, and and the reason afterwards when I looked at it, I did a I did a film room breakdown right when the, I I was preparing it figuring Ladarius was going to get activated that week, and he did. So I looked at his plays and what he did with the Chargers and how they used them and look at how we might possibly use them. And one of the plays I picked was a play that Jesse James ran against the Broncos in the playoffs last year. And when you look at the touchdown that Ladarius scored, it was the, it, it was the identical play. It was against the Broncos, and it was the first – it was on the drive that Tucson fumbled. First down, let's get a, let's get a drive starter. Jesse lined up right where Ladarius was. They actually had Heath outside of him, the receiver. They ran the fake screen. Jesse went like this. Jesse turned up the field, and the guy grabbed him, just like Collins grabbed uh, Ladarius. It was like the mirror image play. Jesse got like 23 yards. Ladarius got 23 yards and a touchdown. So that made me smile because I was waiting for them to use that play, and they used Todd Haley put it in at the perfect time. And Ben even said afterwards that Ladarius, hadn't even ran the play yet in practice. He had seen it and knew to rep, but he hadn't even physically repped it, but he trusted him to do it. And Ben said, yeah, he did a good job acting like he was going to block and wide open. But um, if you saw, they had the Steelers, um, some of the players mic'd up. And A.B., you heard after after Ladarius caught, he went over to Ladarius. He said, man, they can't stop you. You're a beast. So, I mean, I don't – he's not going to have these type of games, but – he gives you anywhere close to that. Um, I'm, I'm, it was his coming out uh, uh, party, and he's just. I think he's just going to get 
he's going to get better. So, uh, like I said, when, when how I expected him to win. I mean, the Giants' offense is not. And, of course, if you want to look for one turning point play, it was early, so a lot of stuff could happen. But the, the, everybody, I think, would point to uh, the interception by Timmons because I probably saw the play happening. I saw the, the tight end flash in the end zone, and I saw Eli tore, and I said, oh, no. And that was not only a great read by Timmons, he wasn't fooled. Eli was looking over to the left to, to pull everybody. He didn't. But if you watch the play, he high-pointed a ball and caught it with his fingertips. And uh, uh, the funniest part of it was James Harrison talked after where, you know, they reminded Harrison where he had a 100-yard interception return. Did he think that Timmons could take it almost 100 yards? He goes, well, I thought so at first, but then as we were running and I was catching up to him, I knew that I knew that Lawrence wasn't going all the way. But, uh, yeah, just – Good win. They played great all around uh, the, the Steelers. Like I said, except for the penalties. You take away the penalties, and we probably have at least 10 more points. Uh, what do you think, Sable? I agree with uh, you about Green and everything. The only thing I, I, I think he's a good number two option right now. He's getting deep and everything, but the dreaded turf god tripped him up on that one play. He didn't look. He didn't look that. Uh, Super fast. And <laughs> no, he did that fast. But the, I'm going to talk about. Did you guys see that um, the NFL that sound FX show? They have. Yeah, yeah, so. if, if you take Beckham out of the game, that's it, and everything. They stopped him. Uh, Burns and Cockrell stopped him, and everything like this. AB during that show comes over to him and said something like stay in the game and everything. What the heck was that? I can just imagine if I did that and my dad heard me go over to a North Catholic player and go, hey, stay in the game, you're good and everything like this. I'm going to give you my shirt later on. That was the most ridiculous thing I ever saw in my life and everything. Giants can't run. Um, I'll tell you, the best catch i seen all day was A.B. on when Ben got out of the pocket and A.B. ran parallel in the end zone. There was another kept both feet. It was just fantastic. You know when this, the Steeler defense started getting better, in my opinion, when they started playing the rookies, when they started playing starting Burns, Sean Davis, and Hargrave. That's when they got. That's when they started getting better. I think that's going to make the difference. The rookies coming in. Willie Gay wasn't playing that bad, but Willie Gay to me is the best slot receiver, uh, slot receiver, best slot cornerback in the NFL right now. He's given up almost no yardage when he's in the slot and everything. If you watch that FX, the sound, is that what it's called, the sound NFL FX or whatever, Ben called yeah. the Timmons interception in the end zone. He said, watch yeah. this right after that. And then Tom... <laughs> Tomlin, after the A-B catch in the end zone when he's running parallel, he said, I've been seeing a lot of that and everything. And like I talked about, A-B going up to Beckham and saying, stay in the game. and everything. Why? I'd go up to him and say, keep on playing lousy like you are. Let him look <laughs> and everything. Yeah, I, I, I did um, I did catch that. Uh, it's on right now. It's on Steelers.com. You could, they had that video. You could check it out. Um 
I agree with you. I didn't get that. Why? Did, I think it was like after halftime when he came out and AB went over to, to Beckham and said, like, why are you going to try to bring him up? Talk to him after the game, maybe, but don't be telling him that I thought the same thing. Oh. Uh, the other catch, which was go as, get him some as, Gatorade, two and some water. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why don't yeah. you give him your why don't you give, give him your cleats your... to wear? Them real pretty cleats and everything. <laughs> maybe that'll make him cut better and everything. <laughs> maybe Stick you give him your, your psychiatrist number two or something to talk to him. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Besides, besides the touchdown catch from AB, the one along the sideline too. That was incredible. They, I was and and he was. And he was mic'd up on there, and, and the, the guy yeah. covered him and said, you, you were out. And he said, no, I didn't. I dragged my feet, bro. <laughs> and he was in. The thing was, the Steelers ran the, the play quick, so the Giants couldn't challenge him. Like, you don't have to let him challenge. Uh, yeah, that was the third thing I, I did like, though. They get in the huddle in, in the fourth quarter, if you heard this, and A.B. A, says to Ben, he goes, I want another. I goes, I want a touchdown. And Ben looks at him, you already got one. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and he called him on the side. He goes, he goes good going, Ronald, because that's what AB is calling himself now is Ronald. So Ben said, yeah, good going, Ronald. <laughs> what's he call him, Ronnie Ocean, and what's he, Billy? Maybe it's from that Ocean Eleven movie or something everything. I you don't know who impressed know. me for the Giants, that big nose guard, that Damon Harrison. Oh, yeah. yeah. They call him he, Snack and everything. They called a play. They had him mic'd up. That I was Ben mic'd up too on that and everything. Yeah, all the play yeah. where Roosevelt Nix was supposed to block him. It seemed like, and he goes, "Yeah, Who I, don't, I, I don't take out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a wham block. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be a wham block. Yeah, I don't think Rosie likes contact, but not not not. He didn't want to be like a, going up against a, be, to be a trash compactor or something. Yeah, yeah. he went. I think he was supposed to. I think Bell ran to his right, and I think Nix was supposed to take his on the right shoulder and hit him there. He went to the left. <laughs> Bell went. He it looked like I don't want no part guy. No. Like, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, phone phone was messing up there for a second. I was trying to take it off. See. But yeah, it was a it really was a heck of a game to watch, and it's funny because you guys talked about Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham, and that seems to really be the sentiment of the fans. You know, don't that you know everyone has a problem with that, and I'm right there with them. But then you hear former players or current current players talk about it, specifically like Taylor and Maurice Jones Drew, and they were saying you know that's that's fine, fine. You know, they're they're friends or brothers off the field. They were hanging out before the game. They really seem to only have a problem with it. Like if it was Antonio Brown doing that to, you know, to Norris Jenkins, you know, receiver on cornerback or something like that, someone who they're playing against uh, in a matchup kind of thing, offense against defense. But they were saying two offensive guys, two defensive guys, that, you know, they didn't really see a problem with that. But I just, you know, I would have a hard time thinking, you know, of Ike Taylor going up and saying, you know, that Terrell sucks. Hey, you know, keep keep your head in the game. You'll you'll get there soon, or something like that. It just it <laughs> right. just seemed very very un Steelers like, very un NFL like, or very un you know very un football like. So I'm not sure how much of that was you know players trying to you know just stick up for one of their guys, I tell you, trying to stick up for AB, or how how much that was true. But it was definitely an interesting dynamic, and, and for anyone who hasn't heard it. 
like Fred was saying, go to Steelers.com or NFL.com. Check out the sound effects there. It's it's pretty it's it's pretty good. It's always enjoyable. I like to go to Steelers.com also and listen to their uh, you know sights and sounds of the game. Hear those old tidbits and stuff like that. It's, it's always good to hear what's going on on the sideline. But moving right along, you can get through can the I rest talk of these one games. More second about AB. Can you give me a second yeah. with AB? I think that kid, sure. that kid dances to a different drummer. You know, I <laughs> he's uh, could the word be eccentric to the whoa he. You know what I was thinking too. Freddie brought up about the James Harrison interception in the Super Bowl when he ran a hundred yards. You know what I was thinking? Because there was no time left there, I think he should have ran out of bounds just like A.B. did. (laughs) You know? I just thought of that right now. Why was he trying to, you know, there was no time left. Everyone's coming after you. Larry Fitzgerald (laughs) is right on you and everything. Why just run out of bounds? (laughs) It's kind of like like A.B. did in that Dolphins game a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you did against Dallas there at the end. Did you guys well did you guys hear that the Steelers have the show I think I heard it on I think I heard it on the Dave Damashek show or might have been something like Taylor put out. But the Steelers have a rule now where and I don't know if you guys ever heard, but on that uh James Harrison intercepts return in the in the Super Bowl, Ike Taylor was behind him, you know, telling him to pitch it and everything like that. You know, pitch it to him, try and run it. So, because Ike Taylor was faster, that the Steelers now have a rule that nobody is allowed to tell the guy who picked off the ball to pitch to them, because they need to not be trying to get behind them and get the ball. They all have to go out in front and try and, you know, block it and everything like that. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting, you know, rule or you know hmm. meeting that they must have had in the defensive room. You know, don't the ball go out and block for the guy that has it. Which I think yeah, Tom was telling was him the same thing, if I can remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, think, never, I, I think it was a couple cornerbacks were back there and saying, "Pitch me the ball and everything." That sounds like yeah, a I didn't, know, I didn't say hear that. that. Yeah, I didn't hear that rule. Um, it's funny just to touch on that just a little bit, not because there was in that game, you know, where Sean Davis had his interception. It was on fourth down, and some people were bringing up the point that you know, hey, if if he didn't intercept it, if he just knocked the ball down, it was fourth down, the Steelers would have got the ball at the original line of scrimmage, and, you know, they wouldn't have lost field position. And, but I loved uh, somebody in Tomlin's press conference this week asked Tomlin about that. You know, uh, they said, you know, do you talk or did you talk to Sean Davis or will you talk to Sean Davis about field position and situation? We have any conversation about that about intercepting a pass on fourth down, and I love Tomlin's response. Like, what would you say? And Tomlin said, "I go over and congratulate him on his first career interception." <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. The guy has a chance at an interception, and somebody else pointed out. I don't know if Tomlin has said this, but pointed out, and I, I, I kind of agree with the client thinking. If you have a chance to get the ball in a guy's hand, running against guys that are used to playing offense and not making tackles, you take it. Because Davis did have a real good return, and it's not for that ticky block in the back on Burns. They had the ball near midfield, and Davis can fly. So you 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 want you you go for the interception. So I love Tomlin's response, and I thought it was perfect. 
What happens I, if AB would have been playing defense at say in that Super Bowl and Harrison was running? I can tell you, AB <laughs> wouldn't have been saying pitch me the ball. <laughs> AB would have ran out of bounds and blocked Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be there blocking either. <laughs> <laughs> if he did, that would have been his first block ever. <laughs> If he would have said, yeah, There's... throw it, throw it to me, but make sure it goes out of bounds. <laughs> I'm still mad. You guys can tell. Save was, save was a little upset at Antonio Brown over his, his past antics. But it's a good point Fred was bringing up Sean Davis because he, he really did have a heck of a game, and, he, and he's really come out into his own. He's playing fast. He's playing physical. He's coming up you know, from the safety spot to make tackles at the line of scrimmage or behind the line, line of scrimmage. He's, I mean, he's come a long way since we saw Anquan Bolden, you know, humiliate him in the preseason. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's progressed. He's making plays. And anyone who ever would tell, you know, a defensive back not to intercept the ball, I mean, these these are four, 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 three guys, and the, their job is, you know, see ball, get ball. That's that's what they do. So for them, you know, to in a split second think, you know, let me not catch this ball and try and score. I think that's just very. I mean, it's not in their nature. They're, they're competitive guys. They want. I mean, they want to help their team. They want to score. So, I, I can't really picture it. I'd be more upset if you know someone just went up there and they slapped the ball down. They tried to do nothing with it. Then they look up and they've got open field down the sideline. It's mm-hmm. so. I don't think anyone can be too upset over that. One last thing that I want to point Killers, out: any time they intercept the ball, I'd be looking for Willie Gay. Because every time he touches yeah. a ball, remember, he's <laughs> running for a touch. Absolutely. Yeah. One last thing before we move on, because a play that hasn't been talked about that much, and I think at least not really outside of, you know, our circle and Bonnie Silk Curtain and, and hardcore Steelers fans, is that Rashad Jennings' screen pass where, you know, Timmons was just clearly blatantly held and kept from making that play. I mean, you talk about them not – them shouldn't have given up that last score to make it close. They shouldn't have had that score. That that was just I don't know if you guys remember the play I'm talking about, but Simmons coming over to you know make it clear and you know pretty simple tackle, and he gets held and turned, and that's the score. And the refs are right there, and even Aikman and you know the other announcer, I think it was Joe Buck, is you know saying you know Tim's got a great case. They got away with something there, and it's. Uh, it, you know, it's just a little upsetting, you know, as a fan that that game's allowed to get that close because, you know, just missed all by the refs. I know yeah, we're running I... out of time. We're talking about a lot of things. But can we do a – who do you think would make the all-pro team for the Steelers right now? Can we do that real fast? Go around? All-pro? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, pro All pro. Uh, oh, well, pro Bowl. Or, Pro Bowl. Antonio Brown, um, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. The the big three on offense, A.B., yeah. Bell, and Ben. I think Pouncey has quietly had a good year. I, I thought uh, the stats that he's – he is not allowed a sack, and he has, he's, he's been called for one penalty. Um, uh, I put Pouncey so and Gilbert in there. Yep. Um, and then defense, no. nobody's – Lately, they've been playing good, but I don't know that you could look at somebody that all year on defense and you go, wow, that guy's 
playing, you know, Pro Bowl caliber. The last few weeks, not, not just Pro Bowl, but all pro. Um, no, it's called well, Pro Bowl. I think it's easier to make Pro, pro Bowl than all yeah, pro. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, well, you know, Harrison, maybe he's had a sack in five straight games, which I didn't yeah. even realize. Uh, and it probably would have more if they call holding a little more. He gets held almost every play. Um, so he here? might be the only. Uh, he's played well, but you don't. He hasn't made as many splash plays. Uh, I'm not saying he's played bad because since he's been back healthy after you know had the, the knee injury, he's played well. But I don't know if he's he's played the Pro Bowl. Now, if you count just for the last three games, I'd have to throw Mitchell in there because he's played fantastic yeah. the last few. Um, Agreed. But, and I, I I hate to I hate to rush this one. If we have time after, then we'll we'll return back to this question. But we got to move on because okay. our 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 nameless girl in here is going to kick us off in you know a short <laughs> amount of time. We got to get to our news and everything. Sure. I'm gonna fly through the, these last games. Uh, we've got Rams versus Patriots. Patriots won 26 to 10. Not much worth discussing there. We've got Seattle Seahawks destroying the Panthers 40-7. to seven. Major things there were Tyler Lockett looking as explosive as ever. He's finally healthy. Thomas Rawls returning. And then Earl Thomas breaking his fibula and will be out for the rest of the season. So some good things, some bad things for the Seahawks. We'll see how that affects them because Thomas is a huge part of that team. We've got the Bengals beating the Eagles 32-13. to 13. We've got Bucks beating the Chargers 28 to 21. Bucks are now tied for first place in the NFC South, and they have really come back. They've got four straight wins. Chargers, on the other hand, this was really their last shot, you know, at staying relevant in the playoff race, and they may have sealed their fate and their move to Los Angeles. Just I think maybe, we'll see what happens. Are already there. Yeah, and it, I'll tell you what, though, also because next year they're going to get a lot of players back. And I think that they could be a very, very good team. And they're going to – I think the LA Rams are just going to take a back seat if the Chargers go there. Moving on, 49ers versus Bears. Bears win this one easily, 26-6. to <clears throat> Jordan Howard got three touchdowns. Kaepernick benched after throwing for four yards. Look, I don't know if, I don't know if you know this one, Taylor. I was talking to Fred. Kaepernick threw for four yards and was sacked five times through three I can quarters. tell you I can throw for four yards in an NFL game. <laughs> he, had, he had more sacks than yards. Neither team had a completion until midway through the second quarter. That's just the caliber of quarterbacks we had here with Barkley and Kaepernick. No completions until halfway through the second quarter. And the 49ers only had one completion of over six yards for the entire <laughs> game. It's I didn't see the game. The only thing I was going to say is maybe Kaepernick, was he still kneeling during the game? Did he think it was still the anthem? And he, he forgot to <laughs> stand up? I don't, I don't know. Anyways, that's, that's the only thing my only thought on that. He was going to spike the. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And we also got a bit of a shocker. Cardinals over the Redskins, 31-23. to Definitely hurts the Redskins' chances. They are still in it. I believe right now they're the seventh seed. So they've got a chance with a little help they could get in. 
Colts destroying the Jets 41-10. to I have not seen, or at least that I can remember, a game like this where it was just clear that one side has quit on this game. I think Todd Bowles, <laughs> I mean, he, if you watch his press conference after, I had it on the TV and my girlfriend was there. She's like, do we, do we have to watch that? This guy just <laughs> looks so sad. And I, I was laughing. I was saying, no, you're right. He just looks he just looks 100% defeated right now. All those Jets players quit. Fitzpatrick will not be starting another game, barring injury, according to Todd Bolts. They're going to trot out Bryce Petty for the rest of the year and give him a chance and see what they got with him. And last game we're going to talk about is going to be the game from last night, Chiefs versus the Raiders. Chiefs now took over first place in the AFC West. They are second place in the – or they hold the number two seed in the AFC playoffs. And the Raiders fall from number one at 10-2 and two to number five seed at 10-3-0 and oh right now. And it's it was just a really un-Raiders-like game to me that the offense really wasn't doing much despite – Having a three to zero, you know, winning the turnover battle three to zero, it still was enough to help them. Tyree Kill has become, in my mind, one of the most dangerous weapons in the NFL. Returning another punt for a touchdown, receiving a touchdown, he's just blazing fast. And unlike guys like Archer and Chris Rainey, he is fast and shifty and has hands that can make people miss. And he's just really, really something over there. Wouldn't when you're starting a guy, you know, in that role over DeAnthony Thomas, then you know that, you know, you just really got something. And a little bit under the radar also is Travis Kelsey. He's now tied for the most 100-yard games in a row by a tight end ever with four. And he's got a chance to break that, you know, coming up next week. That's my favorite. Do you guys want to add anything to add on this one? Yes, I do. Go ahead. Right, we Ava. had this game. That was the stupidest play of the year. Do we know what I'm talking about? I Here. do not. The, well, the only thing, the punt, to punt the ball in the middle of the field. In the, the middle oh, of the yeah. <laughs> That's what I said hell. when he did. I, I said the same thing, Stavigal, because they had a penalty and they had to re-kick. Yeah, anytime but, you re-kick, something bad happens. <laughs> something bad happens. I remember the 2001 championship game. I don't think it was game. on purpose. Well, no, the Mark, Mark because he was trying to kick it out of bounds, I think, or get it well, to the sideline. You don't kick it right down the middle, home. Yeah. Right, but if you if you look at the coverage unit, they're all running like they're like they're running to the left sideline, like that's where they expected to be kicked. Oh, so yeah. I think oh, the right. ball just got away from them and it floated right yeah. in the middle, and that's oh, partially what gave them such a fair win. And must have. And your and your fantasy tight end, as you I heard you mention there, Kelsey. Did you see he he had a he had a little message to Marquette King after the play? Oh, did that you was see great. It? Yeah. <laughs> he did his little giddy up stance. I was I was laughing. That was perfect. That was perfect. And uh, I guess Marquette King told uh, Kelsey that he didn't have any rhythm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it's Don't my. Uh, have no rhythm. George <laughs> Michaels or Wham song. <laughs> Guppy feet have no rhythm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looking forward, it, it can't be you know understated that this team is just getting back Jeremy Macklin, 
who really didn't, I mean, he didn't have a spectacular game, but he was there, and he's obviously being worked back in. And then, well, as we'll get to a little bit later, Jamal Charles, they could be getting back. So this team, it, it's, if you just watched that game last night, it's a little hard to imagine that the Steelers just destroyed this team, you know, 40 to whatever it was back, you know, in yeah. week four or five. Well, like you said, this is a much better team said, than they were. Yeah, week to week, and they were a different team. Well, yeah, I could say a lot of the Chiefs defense is good, so there, there's no doubt about it. But I I don't know that anybody wouldn't agree that uh, Derek Carr was off. And if it's his pinky that's bothering him, it, it, the one the one play specifically was when he scrambled and uh, Cooper got behind the Chiefs and he threw the ball up. And then, and now maybe this wasn't on Carr, this play specifically, and all of a sudden the ball just lands on the field, like I don't know how Cooper lost it, but uh, they said he had one. He had one of the worst games historically, where he threw 41 passes and averaged less than three yards an attempt. So something's up. If it's the pinky, he said it wasn't, but that didn't look like the Derek Carr I've seen all year. So someone I, said it you, hit the camera wire. That's what somebody were... said. It say, <laughs> they said it changed the, the, the trajectory. Yeah. It, it did look wobbly. It looked yeah. wobbly. And from where Cooper, you see Cooper running and his his hands are up and his eyes are in a certain location, and all of a sudden the ball's not there. Yeah. Uh, but the NFL denies and NBC denies that it hit a camera wire. I I I don't know, but uh, yeah, that was there. But I, I do I will say it. it. Derek Carr was off too, and like you said, three turnovers, and they got all they got was six points out of them. They, you know, they fumbled the snap on on the one field goal, so. Yeah, big big swing. It's, My other thing, I'll I'll watch the games on Thursday night, but again, I I don't think they should have Thursday night games. I think it's too short a turnaround, and to put a division matchup that has that much importance, and to put it on a short week, I I don't think they should. But make them play Monday night and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have a better Going to get through the news before we talk week 14 games and before we get kicked out of our time slot. <laughs> just a little bit of just a little bit of news going forward. Broncos quarterback Trevor Simeon questionable to play Sunday. He of course missed last week against the Jaguars. Got a chance this week. We'll see what happens. Saints safety Kenny Vaccaro. He will be serving a four-game suspension for Pete's violation that begins this Sunday. Julio Jones. Turf toe is a game time decision. I'm I heard I'm said I'm told. I've heard that uh the reports are that he will play though. Jamal Charles is targeting the first round of the playoffs for his return, which like we said before, would makes this Chiefs team just all the more deadly. Spencer Ware is great and all, but Jamal Charles a hundred percent healthy, which I'm not saying he will be, but if he gets healthy and joins them in the playoffs I mean, just, you know, look out rest of the AFC and look out whoever they're playing in the Super Bowl if they get that far, of course. Justin Forsett. No. First round. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'd have a bye. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point, which would be even better for them. Yeah. But Justin Forsett, former Ravens, former Lion, briefly has signed with the Broncos, which reunites him with Gary Kubiak. He's gonna just split carries with rookie running back Devontae Booker right off the bat. Apparently, 
which, you know, really could give this Broncos team a shot in the arm with their running game, which they really need. After losing C.J. Anderson, they just haven't been the same. And if they want to make a run, they need that balance that Kubiak is really known for. And they work well together in Baltimore, so if they can recapture any of that, that could change this team altogether. Also, Jason Pierre-Paul had surgery on his core muscles and will be out for the rest of the season. They say that he could return, you know, for the Super Bowl, but I think if he's got if you have surgery, you know, you're not going to play your first game in the Super Bowl or something like that. So most likely done for this year. Earl Thomas, as we said earlier, he is out for the rest of the season with a broken fibula. He tweeted out that he was contemplating all his options, including retirement, right after this happened. So wow. potentially it's, this could be the last we see of Earl Thomas, which would be a shame. He is a young player. Hopefully that would just heat to the moment and, you know, him just kind of venting a little bit. But some to keep, keep an eye on moving forward. That's Last big. thing, Bills have placed Percy Harvin on the non-football injury list after he has been experiencing migraines that have kept, kept him out the last two games. So no Percy Harvin playing the Steelers this week. All right, Last enough about last week, enough about news. Let's get to week 14 games. Start off with the one we will all be watching, Steelers taking on the Buffalo Bills. One of the biggest things, I think, for me is, like we said earlier, Bills have the number one ranked rushing attack. We are without Cam Hayward. We will be, you know, all signs point to being without Javon Hargrave. This, that is definitely a worry to me. You know, they, they've got Sammy Watkins there, so you can't really just stack the box. They've got good receivers, but you better, I mean, we better be hoping and praying Ricardo Matthews has a heck of a game because Basham McCoy will create holes if there aren't any there. He is not afraid to stress plays out, run sideline to sideline, and make you look silly. So that, for me at least, that is one of the biggest things I'm watching. I am more worried about this game than I was last week's game. And I, I, I mean, except for the Bengals, I, I'm more worried about the Bills than I was the Giants, and I'm more worried about the Ravens than I am the Bills. But I think uh, I mean, anyone who's expecting this game to be an easy walk-in-the-park game, especially without Javon Hargrave now, I think is kidding themselves a little bit. I think this will be a tough game. Who do you guys have, and what are your thoughts on the game? I'll start with you, Fred. Yeah, I don't think it's an easy game, and I think most fans – know you know that the Steelers can struggle on on the road uh and they have this year as well uh but i I think the key like you said exactly with especially without Javon that makes me more nervous but uh Charlie Cashley, who was on us on that working sphere g m for the redskins he he team mentioned about i think I agree with him he said if you just contain Tyrod Taylor, keep him in the pocket and make him play, make plays from the pocket. He, he can't, <laughs> not consistently. The running game, they're going to get some, but just to me, clog clog the running game. You don't even necessarily got to get penetration because McCoy cuts back. I mean, clog, just clog everything. Play like the much, you know. Just don't don't let let them get outside. Um, but I agree, it's still a concern. <laughs> they're number one rushing. 
and we've had problems with any team in the top ten in rushing where we haven't won one this year. But having said that, I think their defense will will exploit them as they they, they try to lead people man to man. Uh, their defense gets sacked, but our offensive line is one of the best this year. I think they're third as far as uh, fewer sacks allowed. So I see this too. I see it's supposed to be maybe some snow and stuff, but I think if anything that helps. As long as it's not windy, it helps the offense because uh, defense falls down. I see the Steelers scoring a lot. We don't need to score a lot in a row, but I see us scoring a lot. Um, so I will say the Steelers win 32 to 26. <laughs> what do you guys say, Well, uh, How much snow are you going to have up there? Cause you're, yeah, you're up I didn't see that. not much. We're only supposed to get, you know, some squalls or maybe a couple inches. I don't think we're supposed to get too much up here. Just a little bit. Okay, it all comes down to stopping the run. Um, McCoy, Gillisey, and Tyrone Taylor. That's all they run is the option. If they can make them one-dimensional. Remember what I said before. To get from Pittsburgh to Buffalo, you have to go up 79. So what I say, we're not going to have Hargraves. It's going to be up to number 90, Ricardo Matthews and everything like that. That's going to be the difference. I'm going to say they're going to have to play a little bit of different defense without uh, Hargraves because I think Jarvis Jones is a better run defender. It might be him and Harrison. We might even go, here's the shocker. Who is the fourth leading tackler on the Steelers right now? You guys want to take a guess? Mm. I'll just throw this out. It's Vince Williams. Who hasn't played <laughs> what? half a second ago or something? Maybe we'll go with a five linebackers and everything. Shazier, Timmons, Vince Williams in the middle. Um, I'm going to go with Gay's our best run supporting cornerback. I think he's going to start, and I think Sean Davis is going to start at the other. Because this team can't throw. Sean Davis might be our other cornerback on the other side. Golden, who is a very good run stopper, and Mitchell. I think stop the run, put everyone in the box, make Sammy Watkins, make Taylor beat you there. That's where I think the the difference is going to be. I don't know about all that. Yeah, I'm going drastic. Burns for Davis and... I I don't think they're gonna take Mitchell out. I I no Mitchell's I playing. Think they could, Mitchell's playing. I think they could. I, I'm not sure they're gonna see that much of a different defense from last week. At least you know personnel wise. I I think they've got their starters and they're they're gonna Mitchell's keep. Gonna if play. they do have a big change like that, then that would definitely be at least surprising to me and something to watch. I don't know about you, Fred. Well, they did. Uh, I don't think. I think they might switch a little bit because the Giants just went three wide receivers all game. So, sure. so to Sable's point, I could see in certain packages against Dallas, when Dallas went heavy, the Steelers, to Sable's point, did play with three safeties. They had Golden, Mitchell, and Sean Davis playing corner when they had one wide receiver out there. So you might see something like that. I don't know if they do it all the time, but – I think he, he has a point. You might see something along the lines of that because they used it in specific instances against Dallas. 
So you you might you might see some of that because he's right. We all agree that's stop the run, and uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. One thing Butler's shown recently is he's showing a lot of different looks. So uh, yeah, sure. I I think one he's thing done. one one thing to keep an eye on, and we're talking about defense. Buffalo Bills defense definitely wanted to throw this out there. I don't know if y'all know this one or not, but Shaq Lawson will be starting. Sunday for the Buffalo Bills against the Steelers. They are starting him over Lorenzo Alexander, who leads the team in sacks with 10 hey. and is and is third most in the NFL. So is that third, stupid? you know, leading sack leader in the NFL, <laughs> and they're starting rookie Shaq Lawson over him. Lawson Thank you, Rex Ryan. Had, <laughs> right. Lawson registered two sacks in his first three games, but has zero sacks in his last three. So it's it's kind of a head scratcher there, and you got to wonder what you know starting really means. Are they going to rotate as much as you know Harrison and and those guys do, or is this really going to be? Is he going to start? And I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't play Lorenzo Alexander that much because that dude can really wreak some havoc. But just Thank something you. to keep an eye on. Uh, <laughs> right, Sabo, did did you say your pick for this one? Uh, Steelers. Okay. You want to I. Oh man. Uh, it's thirty. Um, twenty-one. I I hope I'm wrong. So don't everybody you know, mail me you know hate packages and egg my house. But I'm taking the bills in this one because without Javon Hargrave on the road, bad conditions. It's. It just spells kind of a little bit of doom in my mind. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope I'm as wrong as I was, as someone was about the Dolphins versus the Ravens. Still not going to name names on that one. But <laughs> you're a dick uh, for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm picking the Bills here. All right, one game definitely want to get through. We got to fly through this one because we got a solid nine minutes before we get kicked off. Baltimore versus New England. Maybe, I mean, for us outside of Bills, this is the game of the week for us as Steelers fans. Who do you got and why? And no pressure, but make it snappy. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going with New England. Like we talked about before, I just the Baltimore's defense is surreal, and their offense is not. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. That's, that's, I'll keep it quick. And uh, New England, Tom Brady – Oh, this stat, Tom Brady in New England all time against the number one ranked defense is 6-0. and So that's enough for me. What do you, what do you think, Um I'm going to go with New England, too. Big game from Julius Edelman. Um, nah. <laughs> There's – Baltimore's not going to go up there. No. It's got to be – I'm going New England. And here, I'm trying. Three on the road. Here's the team they beat. No, let's see who they lost to. They beat the Browns and the Jaguars. Okay, probably two of the worst five teams. Who they beat? They beat the Giants, Jets. I can't remember their other game and everything. So two and three on the road and everything like that. So I'm not. No, there's no way they're not going up to New England. And then the 
Steelers are going to be plus one then. I certainly hope so. That would be great. I, I'm i very, very close to picking the Ravens in this one because they play Baltimore well, and that offense was kind of scary last Pick time. And we talked Pick about, them, Matt. Make, we, make it your lock. Yeah, go Pick ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm not confident enough to lock it up. I won't lock it up. I'm, I'm not go there ahead, yet. Richard. Pick them. Pick them, Richard. <laughs> Richard Sporting Goods. They play, they play the Patriots well. The Patriots don't have that good of a defense. They're without Gronk. Perriman's coming on. Mike Wallace is coming on. This Ravens team is coached well, even if it's by, like, a whiny, crying baby. They're coached well. <laughs> and, ah, man, I'm, I got to do it. I'm picking the Ravens in this one. Pick them, Again, Rick. Don't, <laughs> don't send me hate mail and whatever else. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm picking the Steelers to lose and the Ravens to win. I hope I'm wrong. Another name for Santa Claus. Saint what? <laughs> Saint Nick. All right, guys. <laughs> last one, last game we got time to do. All the show pick. We got Dallas versus Giants, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay, Houston versus Indianapolis, Denver versus Tennessee, all of which have huge playoff implications. Which ones do you guys want to do? Uh, I'll do Denver. I don't. The, were you going to do one or are you going uh, 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 we'll to? We'll definitely do. We'll probably just do one. Yeah, well, Dallas and the Giants. I think that's one of the because it's a rematch from earlier in the year. The only team to beat Dallas so far was the Giants opening week. Uh, so it's big. It, it's going to be tough for the Giants without JPP, as you said. Dallas is playing. I mean, they almost won the first week. And if the guy stayed to bounds, he had a shot. So, unless JPP pulls a Willis Reed and comes limping into uh, Madison Square Garden, I, I don't think it's, it's going to be enough for, for the giant defense to uh, to stop Dallas. I think Dallas, this is, this is going to be 12 wins in a row. And uh, I don't know if OBJ and Dez will be – partying the night before or if Dez is going to tell OBJ to, to keep his game up but uh, like AP does but uh, yeah I, I got the uh, I got Dallas winning this one in New York what do you think Sable I'm going Dallas you stop Beckham you start the Giants they can't run the ball Indianapolis over Houston at home let's see luck is back <laughs> in that one I got Denver over Tennessee. Toughest game out of that one's probably going to be New New Orleans over Tampa Bay. Tampa's won four in a row. I'm going to go with Tampa. Better home. Mm. I like it. I I'm with you guys. I I think Dallas is going to win this one. I don't think it's going to be close. Everyone's talking it up like it is, but I I. Dallas is a far, far better team than the Giants are, and losing JP definitely hurts. This is him because but you know, that's it's it's just something to watch. So, with that, and with three minutes, two and a half minutes to spare, uh, I guess we'll end it here. Any, any last thoughts, guys, before we sign it out? And with Two minutes to spare. Keep it brief. Keep it brief. If it's 
Can we, can we give the answer to the trivia question, Sable? Sure. Uh, 15, games, it or? 15 games ago. I looked it up, but I don't think that's fair. I, I found the answer. Cause I would, I, it was my guess. That was my guess. Yeah, because you drank with them. <laughs> well, hey, that still counts. It's insider information. The last oh. quarterback to win a game for the Cleveland Browns was none other than Mr. Johnny Football. How about that? Son of a gun. <laughs> he did. That, that's but if crazy. When Matt asked me that question, I could have looked up, if I knew how to use the Google machine, I could have looked up all the <laughs> Cleveland quarterbacks. <laughs> and put my wife to come up with one. <laughs> Brian Hoyer. So I, that, that, that was my guess anyway. For Christmas, remember, I'm I'm either going to do the rap, the Cleveland rap, or I'm going to do a, a Christmas with the Cleveland quarterbacks. <laughs> okay. 28 days of 28 quarterbacks of Cleveland. <laughs> Seven well, Brian man. Hoyers. And <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Six Bruce Gronkowski's. One Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Four Bertie Bozars. Is Matt still there? Passed on. They didn't just pass on Ben. I was ben. muted that whole time. Sure, you know who right. they passed on Cleveland? Gotta go, Sapo. This is it for Black and Gold NFL Recap. Hope to talk to you all next week. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Okay. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs> 